Oh, we gotta have the recorder going. May be will edit on my God that a mishap not come about through us. And may we not stumble in a matter of law and cause our colleagues to rejoice over us. And may we not say regarding something which is to me that it is to whore, and not regarding something which is to whore that it is to me. And may our colleagues not stumble in a matter of Torah, and we rejoice over them. Friend and I grants wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding of God. Unveil our eyes that we may perceive wonders from your Torah. Okay. So I'm doing this without an assistant. Okay, this should be fairly quick and easy. You need to memorize as we go. So the, uh, the Treyasar are known as the 12 minor prophets, but they're minor because they're small. Size of the books. Size of the books. It has nothing to do with the content or of the, the books. Or the man, right. Well, some of them may have been short, but we don't. <laughs> know. All right? So the main message in all of them uh, is essentially repent or return, one of the two, which would be tshuva or shuvi, right? Okay, we're good? Some um, of them are a little more uh, vicious than others. <laughs> they are indeed. Um, I just, since it's the Pirkei Avot time, oh, sweet. I thought this was pretty cool. Four types among those who attend the Yeshiva Tzadi class here. Ah! <laughs> One who goes but does nothing has gained the rewards of going. Let's see. There's okay. four of us here. I don't, That's really I don't know which one that is. Right? One who does study but does not go to the study hall has gained the rewards of doing. I guess that would be Greg Upham since he's on his way to carry tonight. Right. Right? One who goes and does is a Hasid. That must be you guys. And then one who neither goes nor does is wicked. And I couldn't possibly know who that might be. Pretty much everyone in the world. <laughs> That's right. You guys aren't showing. Isn't showing. <laughs> All right. Here's our sequence. Basically, you want to remember this and memorize it. Um, you should be able to notice along the very um, right underneath the timeline, you've got the six major prophets. And I realize that Daniel is not included in the prophets in uh, Orthodox Judaism, but I do put him here because I believe that he he is a, a major player here. Elijah and Elisha, and then Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Right, and then down the bottom. We've got the 12 uh, minor prophets in sets of three. Hosea, Joel, Amos, then Obadiah, Jonah, and Micah, ne uh, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, and then Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. It's all within, for those who can't see the board, on, it's all within about a 400-year time frame yeah. from just after the end of David's kingdom until just after the Babylonian exile exactly starts. Exactly right. So for our timeline, we're talking this corner to the middle of the wall. Right? Every prophet in the Bible, all of them, are right there. Only Joshua, Judges, and Ruth are on this left side at the end. And then we've got all the rest of the Torah there. Okay? So, we're going to be looking at the six major prophets, three on either side of the northern exile. And then we're going to look at the six prophets before the northern tribes are taken, three prophets before the southern tribes are taken, and then the three tribes after the southern tribes are taken. You should memorize which ones are which and where they are in time, right? 
but there are six before the northern are taken and six after the northern are taken. There's three before, right before the southern are taken, and three right after the southern are taken. Okay? And you can see geometrically that the minor prophets work together with a given major prophet. So uh, Elijah and Elisha are working with Hosea, Joel, and Amos, and so on. Okay? So you can just try and picture those guys together. Uh, they are pretty consistent. Questions so far? Good. Move forward. All right, so here are the mnemonic devices to remember what all these guys are talking about. And uh, over the next two classes, we'll actually delve deeper into each one of them. But to, to give you an idea, in the first bunch, we have Hosea, or Hosea, and Amot. They're the one-two punch to the northern kingdoms, making it clear, you got to change, you have to repent. Otherwise, everybody out of the pool. Then you've got Obadiah and Jonah, and they speak to other kingdoms. They're not speaking to Israel. Anybody who they're talking to? Obadiah speaking to Edom. Mm -hmm. And Jonah? Nineveh. Or, or Assyria. Assyria, exactly right. Good. And then Jonah and Nahum, or Jonah and Nahum, both deal directly with Nineveh. And then Habakkuk and Haggai are both asking questions. And I want you to know what questions they are asking as we go through this. Joel and Zechariah, one at the front, one at the end, are both talking about the end times. And Micah, or Micah, is Isaiah on turbo. Six and six chapters condensed into seven chapters. It's unbelievable. But it's pretty much the same stuff and the same message. And then finally, Zephaniah and Malachi deal with waiting, either waiting on uh, the Messiah uh, or waiting on Eliyahu. Alright? So there you have it. Those are your mnemonics to remember what each guy talks about. Got it? Questions? We're good? Good? Alright. So just walk through these 12 real quick. I've got a key word and a verse for each one. Hosea speaks of repentance, and we know 2.21, uh, 19 in the uh, Hebrew Bible, I will betroth you to me forever. That's obviously what we do when we wrap the phone, right? I think it's uh, 20 and 21, or 21 and 22, right? Um, so that's great stuff. And Joel, he's speaking obviously of judgment. Blow shofar on the day, uh, because the day of uh, the Lord come, chapter 2 and verse 1, and then Amos speaks nothing but exile, for despising the Torah of Adonai, the 2-4. That's uh, extraordinary. Yeah. Obadiah, as Pete said, speaks to Edom, and there will be no survivor to the house of Esau. That's scary. Jonah speaks of life, especially when you consider the uh, Chapter 2 and verse 1 uh, is quote about uh, three days and three nights being in the belly of the whale or the fish. And um, he was, as it were, resurrected. Micah, to know what does that and I require. Right? To know that, knowing the Lord and what he wants. Chapter 6 and verse 8. Nahum, retribution. Celebrate your feasts. 
Habakkuk, understanding the righteous shall live by faith. Zephaniah, just a refinement. He speaks of cutting uh, uh, the dross and so forth. You will never again fear evil. And then finally, our last three, the guy dwelling, my spirit abiding in your midst, chapter 2, verse 5. Zechariah, about return, just like uh, uh, Malachi, right? Many nations will join themselves to Ananiah that day. And then uh, Malachi, to watch. I'm going to send you Eliyahu Hanavi, and we, of course, practice that. I think so. Every year, right? Chapter 4, verse 5. Right. So again, in the next uh, next two classes, we'll go through these guys in a little bit more in depth, so that you can bring that up. So let's uh, let's take the quiz and see how you do. So you all got a uh, a thing there. See if uh, you can write in. You got a pencil? Who needs a pencil? Yeah, I, I, I do. do. Good luck, gentlemen. Let's try and stick, uh, put your major profits in, and then put your minor profits in. Oh, you just saw this. You just saw it, right? Should be no problem. Let me get my notes out of the way so nobody can cheat. Six. Six. Yeah. Daniel is the last one. Oh, you put Daniel in. It. Putting that in quotes. Yeah, put him in quotes. That's it. That's right. Put him in quotes. Now, David and uh, Mark, I'm expecting that you're uh, you're taking the quiz as well, and I expect uh, expect that you're going to do well there. Bill, I don't know if you're taking this with the uh, with the boys, but uh, this can get homeschool credit. We can get accreditation for that if you need. And that would only be on the East Coast. Two minutes left. I'll try and give you some tidbits to get you excited about studying this over the next two weeks. Right. What did you do? How'd you do? I think I got them all. Okay, good, good, good. We'll see. We'll Greg, see. there's only 12, man. There's only 12. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm assuming he's got the six major ones. I would assume that there's only five major ones. <laughs> so what, now, Daniel is technically in the writings, the Ketuzine. Yeah. In, in and, and anything that... Uh, it's been my experience speaking with the rabbis and anything that he speaks of with uh, the 70th week and you know uh, the prince being cut off and so forth you, you just can't use it for a proof text so, but no, but because like, what they is, don't consider him a prophet right but why why not do we know I'm just curious I don't I, I think because he never wondering. prophesied to oh, people okay. because know, his, he his, his actions were because it seems so much like Zechariah, though. Like the it's two a lot. There's a lot of parallels, sure. But his his prophecy was never intended to be evidently expressed to the people. 
So, I mean, I get that, like, Ketu being writings are a step below yeah. prophecy. Yeah. Um, still considered, I think, to be inspired. Oh, no a question below. about it. No question but about it. But, but from a prophecy perspective, you can't say, well, the prophet said this. Right. Because yeah. it seems to me, from what I understand, the writings tend to get a lot more of a... Um, allegorical, interpretive yeah, allegorical view. or gothic in, in nature. Yeah. So you really can't say, well, you know, that's what's going to happen. Because there's some guy who was saying in the Midrash, I believe, that like the First Chronicles geology is really all about the gothic tales. It's actually it's actually not really about the history at all. It's all about like translating the names and seeing what they mean. And yeah, that may be, but it's still there. And, right. You know, we got the shot, so we got to take it. Right. But I'm just saying that like it's like Song of Songs is. Like read only that the Rashi version was totally paraphrased, exactly. because it's seen as strictly allegorical. Exactly. All right, ready? Let's take a look at uh, the book of Yonah. What is the setting of each chapter? The first chapter, he's on land. Really? The first chapter? Yeah. He starts off on land. He ends up in water. Right. Yeah. But he ends up in the water. Yeah. First chapter. First chapter. What does he do? Within four verses, he gets on a boat. He gets on a boat because the first chapter is on a boat. Right? Yeah. Second chapter? In the fish. He's in the fish. Third chapter? Prayer in the fish. I third chapter is not prayer. It's the last verse of chapter two. This fish vomits him up on the land. Third chapter, he's in the city. The fourth chapter, he's outside the city. He's outside the city on the hill yeah. with a little plant. Plant. plant over him, okay? So to what do Chazal liken these chapters? Exile. Exile! Actually, they liken them to the phases of a man's life. The first one is disobedience. The second one is exile. The third one is rebirth, and the fourth one is paradise. Mm. Disobedience, exile, rebirth, and paradise. And they say all men go through that. So I never realized that the Kikayon plant was so associated with paradise. (laughs) That's right, right. Yeah. All right? And uh, of course, how did Yeshua use Yonah's Nevoah, or his prophecy? Right. Right? Interestingly, the book that that's kind of cool is um, whatever which one Perkat Eliezer Eliezer anyway he does a whole long like midrash on junk and the belly of the, of the fish really? um, and it goes um, and at one point I'm pretty sure that's the correct source it goes he uh, he he meets up. Apparently the fish is transparent, and he can see what's going on in the oh, ocean cool. around him. And he meets up with the um, Leviathan at some point, and Yonah scares him off somehow. I can't remember. And he tells he him like, off? the Leviathan. He tells oh. him like, you know, you're going to be eaten by us someday or something, and scares him off. And the fish that has Yonah inside is so grateful that he takes Yonah to like the foundations of the earth and shows him Korach. 
who's no. down there going, Scream. Moshe is, is always true and whatever else. Yeah. What, the real reason why I bring this up that's so interesting is that there is almost like a, a weird afterlife play there. Yeah. Kind of a death sort of thing going yeah. on that's all I do. with that analogy. So it's, um, I don't know that Yeshua is necessarily pulling it out of a hat. I mean, I think I think it's probably there. Probably was some interpretations. Oh, yeah. Not to mention the fact that the that the waters are traditionally associated with death, death anyway. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, what was ironic about the message that Jonah had? Um, he just told them they're all over to get wiped out. He didn't actually tell them what to do to fix it. He said repent. Did he say repent? Yeah, that was his first one. Yeah, repent. Okay. In three days, and then it will be overthrown. What's ironic about that? He was wrong, but that's not ironic. What was ironic? Three days? His own people were being told the same thing. Mm. And they didn't. Nineveh did. They didn't. They got exiled. They got kicked out. Okay, here comes... The quiz. Who is Yeshiyahu? We'll, we'll move into Hebrew here. Who's Yeshiyahu on Turbo? Micah. Micah, or in Hebrew? Mika. Mika, as in Mocha, the coffee guy. Right. Right? Who has the timeless message of judgment? There's so many of those, right? Timeless message of judgment? Joel. Joel, good man. Good man. I like that. He must come from great loins. Ah, yes. Who gave the message against Edom? Ovadia. Ovadia, yes. Who called to tell Israel it was too late? Is this Amos? It is. Yeah. Amos was a peasant farmer from Judea or from Tekoa, actually, and he calls the nation to repent in Beit El before it's too late. Um, in 7.8 it says, The Lord says, Behold, I'm about to put a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will, I will spare them no longer. Good stuff. Oh, he's cheating. He's cheating. Guys, I, I, I just think it's a most. I, I just want to make sure you get it right. I don't think it's an Ashkenazi thing. Really? Yeah. Because it would say a most. In the English Bible, if it was actually. That's true. It is. We're going to check it for you real quick. Check it for me real quick. Um, going back to uh, the timeless message of judgment in Joel. Yoel. Uh, Yoel, right? The sages say that there will be no prophets until Eliyahu precedes Messiah. After Yoel? The sages say, after Yoel. But isn't Yoel fairly early? Yeah. Ready? They're saying, because of what he said, there won't be any more prophets. You know, interestingly enough... Which the church doesn't evidently realize. Because they get words of prophecy all the time. They right. Prophecy all the time. Right. Amos. I was going to say the humor behind that is that the, the Holy Spirit, as in Judaism, is also a prophetic thing, but it's the lowest level of prophecy. Interestingly enough, the message against Edom comes from Avadia, who is himself 
and traditionally an Edomite convert. So he's actually from Edom. Yeah, yeah, telling them all. Good, good, good. All right. Uh, what are we up to? Told the people to get the letter. Told the people to go. Whoa, whoa, Stop, stop, stop. Ah! All right. No, but back one more into the regression place. How's that? All right, who told the people to get the letter? out? Would this be Zakaria? No. Malachi. No. B. Double bonus points. <laughs> A guy. He's the first of the prophets after the exile, and he prompted the people to finish the temple. You've been here 15 right. years. What the heck are you doing? Get the light out. Build this thing. Right? This guy asked a question. His question wasn't, why do the righteous suffer? It was, why do the wicked prosper? Who asked that question? They have a hook. It is. Have a hook. He has one of the, the very last, very end of the book, is one of the saddest and yet most poignant, like, little little comments on suffering mm-hmm. in, like, the whole Bible. Because he basically, if you, I mean, you read it, the end of it is basically, like, everything is awful, God is faithful. That's it. You can make it through. Amen. Good. So... I don't know about you guys, but over the next two weeks, this is what I want to get out of it. I want to know this. I want to know these, because I want to know these prophets at the back of my head. Here's a few more. Who taught us to watch? Zechariah. Well, I've got a better idea. I've got a better one for Zechariah. Who taught us to watch and wait on someone showing up? Malachi? Yes. The Italian, Italian prophet Malachi. Exactly right. Let's see if I get anything cool about this. This is incredible. This generation is the one that grew up after the exile returned. And in one generation, they are wondering why God is displeased with their behavior. One generation after they got back. They're already can't figure it out. That's scary. Not so fast, Assyria or Assur. Who said that? Jonah. The other one. And? Nahum, correct. Nahum. He was the second prophet to Assyria. They had continued their aggressive conquering, and Hashem decided he would uh, deal with them. Who taught that refinement of character comes from exile or galut? And I can tell this is not at the top of your reading list, guys. Pete, it's not, it's not ringing a bell, is it? This is a good one. This is a good book. He's teaching a great message here. How do you want to get better character? We don't need to worry about the fact that we're in exile because God is refining us. He is giving us greater character. Zephania. Zephaniah. Zephaniah. Who tells us about a minion of Goyim 
grabbing hold of the sleeve of a Jew to ask them, ask him to take them to Hashem. Zakaria. He's a good parallel with Joel speaking the end times. So it's good stuff there. And then uh, who is first on the hit parade of warning? Shea, number one life. guy. That's right. He's first out. First guy. All right. See what you got on your major prophets. Pete, you can't answer the first one, buddy. Greg, who's the Navi? The prince. So that would be Nasi. Oh, right. Uh, the prophet. The prophet. Uh, probably Isaiah. No. No. I think no. it's oh, Elijah. Eliyahu. It is oh, okay. Elijah. Yes. Yes. It is, uh, it is Elijah. Who described the third temple? Mechezkel. That's right. Who is not really a Navi, Peter? Daniel. That's right. Who was long-winded, Joshua? Yeah. Yeah. 66 chapters worth. That's Isaiah. Who? Which one of these major prophets actually went into captivity? Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Yermiyahu. Who caught a double portion? Elisha. Elisha. And then who called down fire from Hashemayim? Eliyahu Hanavi, that's right. Who was known as Fuzzy Wuzzy <laughs> to his friends, Gregory? Do you know the nursery rhyme? Fuzzy Wuzzy yeah, was a bear. Fuzzy Wuzzy had no hair. no hair. Which prophet was known to be bald? Of the major prophets. Some of the minors. Minor Actually, the bear story is, is really a really good reference here. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. This Fuzzy was he was a bear. Known, but kind of scary story. Yeah. Alicia. Yeah. Alicia, uh, a couple of kids, a few kids, a handful of kids were making fun of his bald head. Go up, old baldy. Oh, right, yeah. And okay. a bear came and ate them. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Uh, for those of you in, in Canada, it's a, it's, yeah, okay, deal with it. Who describes the suffering servant of Hashem? Isaiah. Isaiah. Who parted the river Jordan with his mantle? Be careful. Elisha. Negative. He did. Oh, yeah. He did not. Sure. Eliyahu. I thought they posted. Who parted the river Jordan with his mantle? With oh. his. Eliyahu's mantle. No! It's Elijah that did it with his mantle. Elisha, Elisha did it with Eliyahu. say his own mantle. Yeah, well, there it is, you know. Who destroyed his livelihood when called? You can make up for your big mistake. Sure. No, I just kidding. Ah! It's, uh, it's obviously the other one. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> yeah, he does his livelihood? Yeah, he destroyed his livelihood. Yeah, it's... Um, it's Ezekiel. not fair that you're asking multiple questions to the same people on the same page. Ezekiel? No. No. He had oxen. He had oxen. He had 12 pair of this oxen. This story is the only thing that even remotely makes Yeshua's comments to the guy who wants to follow him, but then says, let me go, go, go. bury my father, let me go do... Like, let me, let me those don't make any sense except for this, this passage. That's it. I've got a I've got a new set of oxen that I need to break in and you know all that. Because this when Elijah called yeah. Elisha, 
he was plowing his field with 10, 12 pair of oxen. And Elijah just kept walking. He sacrificed all 12 right there to Hashem and followed. Because actually, when I, when I read the story originally, I got the, you forget what Eliyahu does there. And so I'm thinking about Yeshua's example, and it kind of comes off like Yeshua's being like the tough guy, and Eliyahu was nice because Elisha first comes to Eliyahu and goes, no, 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 wait, let me just go back and tell my family goodbye, and I'll meet you. But if you reread the passage more closely, you realize Eliyahu then goes, oh, well, I don't need you then. Yeah. And, and, and literally walking. tells him, never mind. Yeah. So it's walking. not till Elisha sets fire to his ox, and Eliyahu's like, okay, you can come hang out with me. Yeah. Incredible. So that's the, that's the end of the overview. Um, I, just, I just think that we ought to have a really good handle on this. We ought to know which one is appropriate for which time. We should know the text well enough that we know when someone's quoting from it or misquoting from it, and we can use it for our own lives when we need encouragement because we're feeling down. These guys went through, literally, through hell. They were never welcomed. They were never, oh, wow, it's a prophet. Great. Now you look at Jeremiah. It's a prophet. Let's put him in a stinky mud hole, you know, and then let him get taken into captivity. So that's, uh, that's what we walk through. Um, it, I think, if I recall, we're going to go through probably six of these uh, minor prophets next week and then the other six in the, in the final. And it'll be just as easy as this. We'll just walk through it. But uh, the end will be that we should go to Max. Then. You still got cool. yeah. the art school commentary in this one, right? Yeah. Yeah, highly recommend that. I own that as well. Yeah. I'll try to bring my copy next I week. Thought I that had, was really I good. Here. On, uh, if anyone wants to do personal reading on the side, their commentary on the Minor Prophets is exceptional. And there's a lot of really interesting stuff. In fact, I remember the section on Jonah, I was thinking about one of the things from it as a teaser. I think it's from that commentary. The commentators actually say that Jonah, they have an interesting interpretation of Jonah where he's not a crazy rebel who just really doesn't want to go to Nineveh. They actually say that Jonah knew that he was probably going to die for rebelling against the Shem. But he did it on purpose because he was trying to save the people of Israel because he knew if Nineveh repented, they would wipe out the northern tribes. They've got a, they've got a, a cool perspective on it. I don't know if it's true, um, but I do know that when you get these different facets of understanding on these guys, um, Amos is probably my, my favorite to read about because he was just a farmer, he was just a regular guy. And he's a farmer in Judea, but he's got to go talk to the northern tribes. <laughs> so he's a foreigner going up there. And he's saying, you need to repent, or God's going to throw you out of the pool. And I don't really care what you do, because I don't live here. And he goes back home. <laughs> so it's, it really is something else. But they're, they're regular people, and they're dealing with their own people. And, you know, we look at uh, a lot of folks that are... Uh, going to be missionaries in other countries and, and all that and these guys you know 2 out of 12 10 out of 12 spoke to their own people to wake them up and, and make them realize that God was getting a little upset 
But the message of repent and return is the same for every man at every point in his life. We should repent and we should return to Hashem. You know, whether it's your morning prayers, your afternoon prayers, or you know, never doing the make uh, Maori prayers like me. You know, so uh, I want to try and uh, Sivan. get that you in. Sivan. I did one in Sivan. You do that every day in Sivan. I'll do that every day in Sivan. I'll start tonight. There it is. Hold me to it. Okay, I'll try to. Is that Marie? Technically, you missed the first one. No. Well, last night. Oh, come on. Just just give it a break. George Carter today. Yeah. Um, I I, uh, prayed the prayer for all of my children, and I included you guys. Um, It's it's a very cool prayer. Did you read it? You read it. Did you read it to your... Did you pray for your kids? Yeah, yeah, we prayed it last night. Pretty, pretty impressive stuff there. Yeah, you just like, Lord, just, just hear this prayer, because I want kids and grandkids and great grandkids. Yeah, I think that um, Mr. Mark sent me that prayer like a couple of years ago. Too. Yeah, it's like one of his favorites. He prays it like all the time. Right, right. It is good stuff. Thank you, Lord, Mayor. We're going to do a little louder so the people over here can hear it. Thank you, Lord, Mayor God, that you have established our portion with those who dwell in the study hall, and you've not established our portion with idlers. For we arise early, and they arise early. We arise early for words of Torah. They arise early for idle words. We toil, they toil. We toil and receive reward. They toil and do not receive reward. We run, they run. We run to the life of the world to come. They run to the pit of destruction. As it is written, you, O God, you will lower them into the well of destruction. Men of bloodshed and deceit shall not live out half their days, but as for us, we will trust in you. I mean, where does it say that? Says it in Psalm 55. Psalm 55. I would imagine that we'd also find it in one of the minor prophets. Sounds like it's talking about Balaam, apparently. Really? He's the man, he's the man of bloodshed and deceit. And really? He did not live out half his days. Huh. Like he that. was a pretty big loser. Yeah, in a lot of trouble. I just don't really get it, you know, because I, I read about him and yeah, I, I prophecy there and talking to Hashem. Yes, yeah, that's the scary part. Is that it doesn't is matter scary. at all? It doesn't seem to matter at all. Yeah. Um, it actually got 